Good morning, church. Good morning and welcome to worship here at Germantown Presbyterian Church. We are so pleased that you are with us both in person and online. If you're worshiping with us online, I invite you to find the bulletin under the resources tab. And uh, if you're here in person, we're just so happy that you are here. Um, I want to just mention that Uh, We are doing all the things that we know to do to keep each other safe here at GPC. And so I want to remind you, if you're worshiping with us in person, if you're fully vaccinated, you can worship with us without your mask. And uh, if you're coming to worship and not yet vaccinated, then we ask that you keep wearing your mask and distance from others so that we can continue with our thought of love your neighbor and keep each other safe. So we want to keep doing all the right things so that we can keep doing all the things that we are doing here at GPC to regather us into uh, this place of worship and into all of our activities and Sunday school classes. Our Sunday school classes, adult classes, are meeting in person again. And so if you are in one of those or want to be in one of those, then we invite you to do so um, immediately following worship. We're going to continue with the 930 worship until August 15th. And that is our, um, the day, that our kickoff Sunday. And on that Sunday, then we will start again with 8.30 and 11 with Sunday school in between, as in pre-pandemic. So that's our time that we're going to be kind of moving back into um, and the new normal, I guess we'll call it. Um, I want you to save the date for August the 21st. Uh, Congregational Life Committee is planning for us another outdoor concert out on the parking lot on at 6 p.m. That's a Saturday, and that will be with the musical group The Ramblers, which uh, our own Chuck Utterback is one of the lead people in that group. So mark that date for August the 21st. Um, if you would, sign the friendship pad and let us know that you are here with us. There is even a QR code in your bulletin, and you can go to that and sign in uh, online, or you can fill out the friendship pad if you are here with us in worship. If you are a visitor, there are visitor packets, and you can pick those up in the narthex. One of the ushers will be happy to give you one, and you can learn more about Germantown Presbyterian Church. Um, We're going to also return to the way that we were doing uh, after worship here in the sanctuary, and that is we'll have a pastor down front. So Pastor Mike will be down front, and I will be outside following worship uh, just to greet you and to hear any concerns that you might have. Um, I want to introduce to you uh, two new members, and I don't know if they're here with us today or not, that joined on June 27th. So Pam and Mike, uh, Pam and Jack Michael, if you are with us this morning to stand. And Debbie Florindo, there, there they are. There. Y'all stand up. So Pam and Jack Michael. And Debbie Florindo, I don't know if the Florindos are here with us this morning, but Debbie joined also on June the 27th. We are thrilled to have you a part of our church family. Y'all, we want to hold our youth group in worship, I mean, in prayer this morning, because they left at 7 a.m. this morning heading to Montreat for Montreat Youth Conference. What a wonderful week they will have. So as you go through the week, please hold our senior high youth in your prayers. 
as they head off for a wonderful week that we hope that will be life-transforming for each and every one of them. Our evening worship will be at 6 o'clock tonight, and it will be in Warren Hall. So that's the new location, the permanent location for evening worship. If you have not come, we invite you to come and uh, just give it a try. It's a wonderful, wonderful worship service. So come and join us tonight at 6, and you'll get to hear the sermon again. So yay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I invite you then to read more about all that's going on in the life of Germantown Presbyterian Church in your bulletin at your leisure, and invite all of us now to turn our hearts and our minds to the worship of Almighty God. Let us worship God. Good morning. Please stand as you are able, both here in the sanctuary and at home, and join in the call to worship as printed in your bulletin. Come into the presence of the Most High God. We come with the songs of praise to God who reigns above. For once we were without hope. Now we've been freed from slavery and filled with hope by our Savior. Once we wandered without a shepherd, now Jesus leads and guides us our whole life long. Once we had no peace, now Christ is our peace. With Christ Jesus as our peace, we are called to be a dwelling place for God. Let's sing praises to God who reigns above.
calls us to repent hears us and trust that our Creator knows us through and through. Let us open our hearts to God's forgiveness and healing as we confess our sins before God and one another. Let us pray. Eternal God, your steadfast love endures forever. We confess that we act as if we are in control. We fail to be good stewards of your creation and your creatures. We have failed to show your love or do justice in obedience to you. We have no right to be called your children. Have mercy on us, God of grace. Forgive our sins, we humbly pray. Put the mind of Christ within us, O God. Use us to break down walls of hostility and be mediators, reconcilers, and peacemakers within the church, among the nations, and around the world. Equip us to do your will, giving glory, honor, and praise together with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I declare to you in the name of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that our sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. of our Lord Christ, Jesus Christ be with you and also with you. I invite you to turn and wave to your neighbors around you and also to think of those who are usually here in the sanctuary. Reach out to them and share the peace of Christ this afternoon or this week. Remind them that you love and miss them and check on their well-being. We invite the children to come down now. Any children today? Talk about ducks. Have you seen ducks before? Yeah, come on up. Here, have a seat. Okay. We'll sit together. So today, um, our our story for children's time is about ducks and about how mama ducks start out with a lot of ducks. Do you see how many ducks are there? There are eight ducks in the picture. 
hate ducks. But pretty soon, what happens when we watch baby ducks out in the wild? We see fewer ducks, don't we? Now there are five ducks in the picture. And pretty soon, we might see even fewer ducks, right? How many ducks are there? Two baby ducks left, only two. So what happens with the baby ducks? Things like, gosh, raccoons may eat them, um, turtles, snakes. And why? Because they're not following their mama's orders. They're not staying in a line and being with her all the time. And guess what? That happens to us too. Not that we get eaten by raccoons and snakes and turtles, but that we may go away from the way of God. And so what we want to do is always listen to God and follow God's way so that we don't get distracted and get off path. So that's our lesson for today. Let's um, bow our heads and we'll say a prayer. Dear Jesus, help us to follow you more closely. Give us the courage to do the right thing, even when it isn't easy. Amen. I've got a coloring sheet here for you.
Well, I guess that's all that needs to be said, really. 
Thank you so much, Desiree. As we get ready to listen to what God's going to say to us this morning in his holy words, would you join me in a prayer? Oh, good morning, Father. Thank you for the beauty of this day. And thank you for the opportunity you have given us right now to just spend time with you, quality time with you, to listen and be fed. So we invite you to come and speak to us because we are here to listen to you. This we pray in your holy name. Amen. Our first scripture passage comes from the book of Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter, starting with the first verse. So here are these words. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people. It is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away. You have not attended to them, so I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of the lands where I have driven them, and I'll bring them back to the fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I'll raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. He shall reign as king and deal wisely And he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Now in our next reading, I invite you to join me as we meditate on this together in a responsive fashion. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord leads me beside still waters and restores my soul. The Lord leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even if I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. 
From chapter 2, starting at verse 11, let us hear God's word to us again. So then, remember that at one time you were Gentiles by birth, called the uncircumcision by those who were called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. Christ has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to you who were near. For through him both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was in my 20s, after I had moved away from home, I found myself feeling distant, not only from my family, but distant from God. I'd grown up in the bosom of First Presbyterian Conway, Arkansas, and I missed my people. I longed to be a part of a community of faith again, but honestly, I didn't think I would ever find that kind of church home again. The void that I felt was very real. I really did long to not feel alienated, to be without people who loved and cared for me and with whom I could grow closer to God. Maybe this rings true for you. Maybe there's been a time in your life when you have felt apart from God. That's what this passage, that's really what the book of Ephesians is all about, realizing that While once we were apart from God, once we were on the outside looking in, once we were the aliens and the strangers not a part of the family of God, 
this is no longer the case. Because of the incarnation of God in the person of Jesus Christ, because of Jesus' birth and life, because of his death and resurrection and ascension, we are no longer on the outside looking in. We've been invited into the family of God. So if you too have once upon a time felt alienated from God, let us together hold those feelings as we continue. The letter to the Ephesians doesn't address any specific problems within a particular church, which means it may well have been a circular letter, one that was distributed to a number of churches in Asia Minor in the first century, with its purpose being to serve as a reminder of where they had come from, who they are now as followers of Jesus Christ, and the claim upon their lives to carry forth the gospel message because of God's grace given to them. As such, it serves as the same reminder for us and for this body of Christ that we fondly call Germantown Presbyterian Church. This passage begins with, So then remember, which tells us to pay attention to what has happened just immediately preceding. It is this, In Christ we have obtained an inheritance so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So when reading backwards, we can plainly see the what, the how, and the why of the blessing of being adopted into the household of God. The writer of Ephesians, most likely one of Paul's disciples, continually uses Paul's so that theology. What I mean is that there's always a purpose to the blessing of God that he is explaining. And the purpose is our obedient, thankful response to God's graciousness to us. We need to realize and understand, we need to never, ever forget where we came from, who we once were, who we are now through Christ Jesus our Lord, and who we are called to become. As we move further into this text, we see that the writer continues to expound upon the themes of what and how and why. And then having heard and comprehended his message, he sends us forth into the world for one reason, to love and serve the Lord our God with our whole selves, with our bodies, minds, and souls, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. In the text, we hear lament, we hear despair and sorrow and hope. These go back and forth so that we will indeed be reminded that once we were alone, we were nothing, we were aliens, we were strangers, completely devoid and without the hope of knowing God. 
So let's go back to the earlier thought and feeling of when you and I might have felt alienated from God. For me, it was a really heavy feeling like an albatross around my neck, kind of weighing me down and one that I was unable to figure out on my own. Isn't that always the case and isn't that always our understanding in hindsight? Remember how Job felt, apart from everyone and apart from God. In Job, we hear this passage. God has removed my brothers far from me, and my acquaintances are completely estranged from me. My relatives have failed, and my intimate friends have forgotten me. Those who live in my house and my maids consider me a stranger. I am a foreigner in their sight. The writer of Ephesians indeed wants us to remember who we were before Christ Jesus and also to remember that we are still sinners for apart from God we are without hope. Being in a state of despair without an ounce of hope is a scene that I personally saw over and over again as I served as a chaplain in hospitals in Louisville, Kentucky and Little Rock, Arkansas. Each day as I rotated on the floors that I had responsibility for, I visited patients room by room, knocking on the door and saying, Hi, I'm Chaplain Susie. May I come in? Y'all, the stark reality of difference, of welcome or unwelcome, for the chaplain knocking at the door came from whether or not the patient had a faith tradition, did or did not know God. The difference between despair and hope was palpable. For those who did not know God, it was just as the writer of Ephesians describes in verse in chapter 2, verse 12, without hope and without God in the world. But for those who did, their hope in God's presence with them, no matter their circumstances, no matter their diagnosis or their prognosis, was something to behold and was just as palpable. Moving from the despair of not knowing God to the hope that comes from knowing deep in your soul that you've been adopted by God through Christ Jesus is exactly the journey each one of us has been blessed by God to walk upon so that we can then bless others to walk beside us and come to know the very same hope that we know. We've been blessed, my friends, by the grace of God through our faith in Christ Jesus, through the adoption of God into the household of God. We didn't do one single thing to earn God's grace. That is, we didn't to come to know the peace of Christ that is within us. We've been blessed by the Good Shepherd If, however, we choose to hoard this blessing, to hoard the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding for ourselves, 
or within the walls of our churches, then we become like the shepherds that God, through the prophet Jeremiah, rails against that Mike just shared with us. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. The shepherd that we are called to follow is Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ that we are called to emulate in our own lives the way in which he taught and lived his life, founded upon God's principles of justice and righteousness and love for all people. For us Christians, Jesus is indeed the very one raised up from David's lineage to deal wisely and execute justice and righteousness for all the land. Within this Ephesians passage, there are three intertwined themes. Those who were without God have now been blessed into the covenant. Those who were already in God's family are now united with the newcomers. And because of the new unity, peace abounds. In this one passage of Scripture, the writer speaks of peace four Time, saying Christ is our peace. Christ abolished the law and the commandments and the ordinances that he might in himself create one new humanity in place of the two, creating peace. He came proclaiming peace to those far off and those who were already near. Peace, shalom, pause, salam, ephen, Pox, the word peace is in every language, therefore peace abounds. But does it? The Ephesians writer reminds us that Christ is our peace and that because of Christ, the walls of hostility have come tumbling down. But have they? We know the answer. For we know full well that peace is a distant hope across this wide world in Haiti and Afghanistan and Iraq and Somalia and South Sudan, unless we think that we are okay and everyone is peaceful. The reality is the same right here in our own backyards of our nation, our state, our community, where animosities between differing ideologies and even theologies get in the way of a peaceful coexistence and unity. But this is not who the followers of Jesus Christ are called to be. It's not how we're called to behave. We know better, and we must be the ones to do better. My sisters, my brothers, this is our calling by Christ our Lord, period. Do we, as followers of the Good Shepherd, believe deep in our souls, as the writer of Ephesians wrote, Christ abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death the hostility through it. Is this us? Do we believe this to be so? Or do we 
choose instead, whenever it's convenient, to hold up the ancient laws and ordinances instead of believing and following the Good Shepherd, meaning are there times when we prefer to exclude some people from the love of God in Christ Jesus just as we were once excluded? Do we remember when we were the ones left out, the strangers and aliens from the family of God? In Leviticus, we are reminded, when a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt, for I am the Lord your God. Nevertheless, sometimes we do forget what it's like to be on the outside looking in, and we must admit that sometimes we are judgmental and excluding. We can hold those who don't think, behave, live, or dress like us at arm's length, and in so doing, we can exclude them from our hospitality and love, even though we know full well that Jesus himself exclaimed, the summation of the law is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. When Jesus said this, he meant it. The writer of Ephesians goes on to say that because there is now unity and peace with all, within all people, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a dwelling place for God. Isn't that the most beautiful image? Humanity. Growing into a dwelling place for God is what God has been about since the beginning of creation. The prophet Micah spoke of this when he said, O mortal, God has shown you what good is. God allowed us humankind to glimpse of what good looks like in the image of the Garden of Eden. And from that time forward, God has been about reconciling all of humanity and all of creation back to God's self, growing together into a dwelling place for Almighty God. The writer of Ephesians is teaching us about reconciliation, is teaching the new body of Christ there in the first century, the Gentiles and the Jews, different races and ethnicities, different thoughts and beliefs, different ways of living and being in the world. Together, we can learn so much about who we're called to be to. Together, in unity as the body of Christ here in this place, here in our community and all across the world. So how might we partner with God, with the Good Shepherd in bringing about this beautiful image, which is the kingdom of God on earth, this place where the wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. 
this place where all the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the earth. Are such peace and reconciliation too much to imagine? Too much to ask? Let us be reminded of the benediction that we heard last week from Ephesians 3. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ever ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. So let us wonder together. What if we became the shepherds God through Jeremiah calls for, those that follow the good shepherd who is for us Jesus Christ, follow the model that he sets in his life like the prophet Micah shares, loving kindness, seeking justice, and humbly walking with our God. What if we seek to be shepherds for others by modeling the life of Jesus, reaching out to those who live on the margins, maybe those who feel like strangers and aliens, maybe not yet feeling welcome in the household of God, just yet maybe waiting for our invitation? What if we began to form relationships like Jesus did with people that others frown upon? What if? What might God's household right here at Germantown Presbyterian look like then? God's communities of Memphis and Cordova and Germantown and Bartlett and Collierville. What about God's state of Tennessee? What about God's nation of the USA? What about God's whole wide world? What might our efforts to form true relationships one-on-one with everyone that we meet bring about? Can we even imagine? Because of Christ Jesus, it is possible that everyone's despair can turn into hope, just like in those hospital rooms where both despair and hope were palpable. Because of Christ Jesus, it is possible, and the world can one day be at peace. It seems that singer-songwriter John Lennon perfectly understood God's desire for all of humanity to come together and create a dwelling place for God when he wrote these words. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one. God believes that it is possible. It is why God blessed us with grace through faith that we might be the ones to participate in bringing about unity and peace that God has planned for us all. God believes that it is possible. Do I believe it? I do. What about you? Do you believe it too? 
God through the prophet Micah said, what does the what does the Lord require of you but to seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God? My friends, this is the one reason that God blessed us with God's grace, inviting us into the household of God, no longer strangers or aliens to God, but included in God's family. In 1 Peter, we hear, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. My sisters and brothers, we must not hold tight or keep to ourselves what we've been blessed with, but instead we must take it out to all the world. We must form relationships one by one. We must be the hands and the feet and the voice and the very presence of Jesus Christ with everyone we meet, so that all will know that they too are invited in and welcomed with the wide open arms of God and Christ Jesus. And then we will be a part of the world coming to know peace and being reconciled to Almighty God. The what, the why, and the how are given to us. The who God is calling is you and me. We know the lyrics by heart. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Let's do more than imagine peace. Let's become dwelling places for our God and let's make peace a reality. It really does begin with you And me, it really does begin right here, right now. May it be so, I pray. And to God be all glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Holy and loving God, we thank you for this moment and this time and these people and this opportunity to come together and worship and glorify your holy name. Help your words to settle into us and help us to live them out. Through Christ we pray, amen. I invite you now to stand and to join in the affirmation of faith that is is printed in your bulletin. This comes from the brief statement of faith. In life and death, we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, we trust in one triune God, the Holy One of Israel, whom alone we worship and serve. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. We trust in God, whom Jesus called called Abba, Father. In sovereign love, God created the world good and makes everyone equally in God's image, male and female, of every race and people, to live as one community. God acts with justice and mercy to redeem creation. God makes us heirs with Christ of the covenant. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. In a broken and fearful world, 
The Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily task and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. As God has spoken to us, we have an opportunity to talk back and to share what's going on in our hearts, trusting that he doesn't just hear us, but is responsive to what's going on. So would you join me in a prayer? Oh, Jesus, as we take delight in the beauty of this morning with the rain that we so dearly needed, we also remember that even a lot of good doesn't feel good to a lot of people. And so we remember before you those who had an inundation of rain, our sisters and brothers in Germany and Europe who are struggling in the aftermath of a horrible flood. We also remember before you those out west who are struggling with the opposite problem, a depletion of moisture, crops that won't grow because they don't have enough rain. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would send them the nourishment they need for their lives to be vibrant and fruitful in you. Heavenly God, we also remember before you our sisters and brothers in the country of Haiti that are still reeling in the chaos and the aftermath, the assassination of their president. And God, there is so much going on that is not just far beyond, but is near to home. And so we lift before you our community of Germantown, our community of Memphis, and all of the surrounding areas. Guide us to be agents of grace in a world that is parched with a thirst for your love. And Lord, we ask that you would be with our church family and with our youth group as they travel this morning through storm and through weaving winding roads to the gorgeous place that you've prepared for them in Montreat. Let this week be transformative for them as they come into real contact in a fresh way with you. We lift before you all of these prayers and the multitude that are unspoken with the words that you taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
if we, as we've been reminded through the words read and proclaimed, that we are more than what we seem. We're not just people. We're not just citizens. We are citizens of a different country than just the one that we live in, the kingdom of heaven. And we're empowered to go and be a part of what God is doing in the world. And so out of gratitude to all that God has done and is doing in our lives, and out of a sense of responsibility for the faith that he has given us, we give to him a portion of the excess that he has blessed us with through the giving of tithes and offerings. For those of us joined here in person, we'll give through the offering plate passed around. And for our sisters and brothers in faith abroad, you can give easily on our website at germantownprez.org. So I invite the ushers now to come forward to receive our tithes to Christ.
God, we dedicate these tithes and offerings to you. They are but a portion, the tip of the iceberg of the entirety of our lives that we commit and devote and reaffirm in your hands this morning. So take and receive, bless and magnify these, not for our glory, but for yours, that all who would come in contact with, uh, with us would walk away saying, I met God today. Thank you so much, Jesus, for sticking with us, for saving us, for feeding us and strengthening us this morning. We commit all of ourselves in these tithes and offerings to you. This we pray in your holy name. Amen.
My friends, as you go through this week, I invite you to hang on to this bulletin and to go back and read the words of the music that we have sung and heard and have heard sung this morning. For therein is the, the word of God for all of us. And to um, share again the benediction that comes from Ephesians 3 that Will shared with us last week. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And now my friends, as you go forth into the, into the world, go knowing that you are beloved by God and that you are called by God to share the peace of Christ with every one you meet. May it be so. Go in peace and be peace. Amen. Let God's people say, Amen.